0: Welcome to the Digital Skills Cast, your weekly podcast covering trends in marketing, sales, technology, and higher education so that faculty and administrators can position their institutions to help close the digital skills gap. Here's your host, Nate Riggs. I am Nate Riggs and you are in the right place. Welcome back to another Digital Skills Cast and happy 2018. We're off to a good start this year, the second official year of the show, and I'm looking forward to exploring more angles on digital skills gaps with all of you. For those of you who like consistency, our format's not gonna change. Each week we talk with East, with guests who are passionate about technology, whether they're working for companies who are developing it or working inside organizations and institutions that are trying to use it. Our goal with these conversations is always to leave you with ideas and experiences on how you can better use technology in your own organization. In the last episode, we We talked with three guests from Chagrin Falls Exempted Village Schools, and they're a Northeast Ohio school district that has deployed a program that has helped get 138 teachers, all of their teachers uh, in the district to successfully achieve their accreditation uh, for Level 1 Google Certified Educator. If you are curious to listen to that episode, you can go back to digitalskillscast.com. That is the homepage for the show where you can find all of our episodes archived and ready to play. You can also subscribe to DSC and have those episodes delivered to your inbox uh, via email or even to a variety of podcast uh, applications that you can use on your phone. Our privacy policy is pretty simple. We promise never to share your information with anyone else. This week we are talking with Stephanie Talalai from the A. Harry Moore School in New Jersey where she is the technology coordinator. The A. Harry Moore School is among the first schools in the United States constructed for students with physical disabilities and it focuses to extend all the way through the adoption and use of technology with those students and Stephanie's here to talk about all of that. Thanks for joining the show, Stephanie.
1: Hi, Nate. Thanks for having me.
0: It's a pleasure to have you here. I think what you guys are doing very, very is very, very interesting, and you have a long history with the school, so you've been there over 26 years. What is so special about the A. Harry Moore School that's kept you engaged for, for the longer part of your career?
1: Um, it's definitely the students. Um, you know, we have a very... Um, unique student population here. Um, all of our students have um, some kind of physical disability as well, um, as, well as cognitive disabilities. And um, they have just stolen my heart over the years. And I, I feel like um, they've helped me grow as a person and I help them. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a love-love relationship that we have.
0: How many students do you get to work with uh, typically in, you know, over the course of your day?
1: Um well, I'm a school technology coordinator, and um, I run the computer lab here as well as do a multitude of the technology um things that a typical school technology coordinator would do so um, many of the classes they uh sign up for computer lab time and they would bring the students down here to the computer lab and I always work in conjunction with the teacher to try to figure out you know um what kind of technology activity that they're going to complete during the day, whether it's using robotics or um, we have Promethean boards in the school. If it's doing um, a lesson on the Promethean boards, most classrooms only have one or two computers in the classroom. So if the teacher had something that she wanted to plan that where every kid would have their own computer, she would bring them down to the um, technology lab. So I typically, you know, in the course of a week, I could see a majority of the the students within the school. And then I also do um, individual um, evaluations for assistive technology for some of the students, too.
0: So you're, you're incredibly accredited in all of this. You have a master's degree in special ed, master's degree in ed tech, uh, and you're currently finishing your doctorate in educational technology leadership. So how has this education and kind of your thirst for, for learning more really benefited you on the job?
1: Yeah, well, my mom would call me a a professional student. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I love to learn. And, um, you know, pushing myself to learn also keeps me current in what's going on out there in technology. So, um, you know, I grew up in a household where my dad was like a tech freak. And, you know, when the first... Um, Commodore Computers came out and the first, um, you know, gaming systems came out. He was one of the first ones to go out and buy them. So, you know, our whole family always had this real um, affinity towards technology. And, of course, when I started here 26 years ago, we you know, there was the Apple II E 2E was out and I was like one of the first people that said oh let's open it up and you know add speakers so that we have some sound and just that reputation is like um, okay she's not afraid of technology she's not afraid to open up the back of a computer and you know and fiddle around with it um, and at that time, there was no technology person in the school so i I was a classroom teacher for many years um, and then i would people would come to me and say, "Can you help me with this and can you help me with that and then So I kind of created the position of technology coordinator for this school and created the um the technology lab that we have in there and I was very um cognizant of, you know, making sure that everything in the lab was, you know, you you would be able to move the tables up and down to accommodate the different students in the school. Some students were sitting in chairs and some were in wheelchairs, um, you know, touch screens on everything and switches, all different kinds of switches for computer access. So um you know I've always had a love for technology and I've always had a love for learning to be a lifelong learner so those two things melded very well together for me.
0: It's it's interesting what you just said really kind of speaks to what I feel like you're passionate about and that's that idea of of applying assistive technology. So what what does this category encompass? What is assistive technology?
1: So basically how I see assistive technology is that if you have a student and um <clears throat> maybe they can't use their hands or, they, um, you know, or they're blind or um, they're cognitively functioning a little bit lower than the rest of, of the, their peers. Um, what can we do technology-wise to get them up there and to be able to you know, be at the same play, playing level as their, their peers? So you know, we have um, touch screens. So maybe a student can't use a mouse, but they'd be able to point to something on the screen and activate it using the touch screen. Um, we have a, um, a great thing here called eye gaze. So a student who can't use the mouse and can't use their hands, they could just look at the computer screen and this eye gaze will pick up their eye movements and they can actually comp- can control the computer just using their eyes. So uh, anything that's out there that can help the student, um, you know, do something that, you know, um, that they wouldn't normally be able to do, that is what assistive technology is. I mean, Velcro is a piece of assistive technology. I've taken Velcro and put it on a kid's hand and then stuck a pen in there. And, you know, they use the pen to hit the um, different keys on the keyboard because they can't, you know, do finger isolation. But, you know, give them a Velcro and a pen or, you know, a stylus, and they can use their iPad, they can use the um, the keyboard. <clears throat> so anything out there that, you know, we can do to make these kids you know, um, be productive members of society and be able to, um, you know, be like their friends and, and yes. have the same kind of experiences that, that regular kids have is, you know, my idea of what assistive technology is.
0: There has to be a lot of reward in that, too. And it sounds like creativity as well in that, you know, for that first time when you have a student that couldn't do something and you find a, a solution around technology that helps them. What does that look like? Like when they try something for the first time and suddenly realize, hey, I can do this, too. What does that I mean, look like
1: to Yes, that's the best feeling in the entire world. You know, um, we work a lot in um, augmentative communication. So, you know, now that the iPad has come out, it's made augmentative communication a little bit more um, affordable. Um, So, you know, the student that We're always trying to guess whether they're trying to say yes or no or they want to eat or they want to drink. Now you put an an app in front of them and, you know, they can hit a button that that they're telling you, you know, I want something to eat or I, you know, want something to drink or I'm happy today. You know, we know that there's something in there and just to get it out of them is the best feeling in the entire world.
0: So this is really what the the laboratory is about. The A. Harry Moore Laboratory School offers comprehensive academic, therapeutic, pre-vocational, and social programs for approximately 140 students who are between the ages of 3 and 21, and those students are classified as preschool-disabled, learning and languages-disabled, or multiply-disabled. During your tenure there, you've helped to infuse technology into the common core standards. And this includes not only helping the students, but also faculty and staff become more aware of the new technologies and the tech-enabled methods, and then also helping them to build the confidence to be able to adopt them into the classroom and into their lesson plans. So I want to start there. What technologies are now commonplace for the teachers in your school? Uh, how, How far along this adoption curve have you been able to take them?
1: Well, you know, the nice thing about being in a school that's part of a university and that's like <clears throat> what we call a one-district school is that, you know, we're, I'm pretty free with my budget, so if there's a new technology out there that's not really too expensive, like take robotics, for for instance, I'm the first one to go out there and, and get the robot and say, okay, let's see how we can use it. And the teachers here are very, very creative. So, you know, you might think of robotics as that, you know, you, you have to take a, a, the computer and that you have to learn um, programming or JavaScript. But in this school, we use robotics as a way for the students to um, to express themselves. So have, I I don't know if you ever heard of like Spiro or the Ozobots or the Beebots. Have you ever heard of any of those? Um, I've, ro- I've small heard robots? of Spiro,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Spiro, right? So you know, I have the regular Spiro. I went out. I'm a little bit of a Star Wars geek, so of course I had to go out and buy the the BB-8 Spiro. And, nice. And um, so our students, you know, like the teachers would take, say, the kids weren't learning their letters. They would take you know, um, print out a whole bunch of letters and throw them on the floor and have the students drive the Sphero to the letter A or to the letter B. You know, they might not be able to verbalize letter A or letter B, but now they're showing their knowledge because they are taking the Sphero and they're very engaged. You know, they love the sounds and the lights and the beeps, and so that's a very engaging thing. And now they're showing that they know what the letter A is by driving the Sphero to it. So... You know, most people think of, oh, you know, robotics and STEM. Well, in this school, we do use robotics, but so maybe we're using it in a different way.
0: That's really creative and really interesting, though. And so I think in terms of new technology, uh, one of the things that comes up is wearables, right? And so I'm looking at my desk right now, and I'm counting like two or three different wearables that I just have as a consumer. How and where do wearable technologies play a part in terms of learning management for disabled students? And, And are you working with some of that as well? Uh,
1: The the two most popular wearables we have here are the um, Apple Watch and the Fitbit. Um, And we basically use them for the same purpose. Um, We have students here who um, are learning to push their wheelchair for for the first time all by themselves, or they're learning to walk all by themselves for the first time. And some of the students, you know, For the first time, they're not as motivated, and anything that we can get to motivate them. So, you know, we put an Apple Watch on there, and we found out the Apple Watch, you know, will keep – We'll keep track of the pushes that a wheelchair user uses, not only the steps, but there was also a a wheelchair um, setting to it, and we were so excited. So, of course, we had to buy some Apple Watches and put it on the um, the arms of the students, and now they're excited about pushing themselves down the hallway and then going and showing somebody how many pushes that they've done in a day. The same thing with the kids who are walking. We're putting Fitbits on them, and we're having them walk around. And then for some of the kids that are a little bit higher um, cognitively functioning, We're having them chart how many steps that they've done in a day and do an Excel spreadsheet and and be able to input that that data. So, you know, it it, it encompasses so many different things. So it's not just – We even had a day where we did a little bit of um, – we used – oh, geez, I forget the name of the thing. You can get it all. We had lights. And they, we we sewed the lights into some um some uh ties and some dresses and we had the kids um, you know, kinda of program those lights and we had a whole fashion show where they were like all lit up. So it was um that was a really cool activity too that we did with some of the wearables.
0: So so technology like wearables becomes just as much a part of the, the students' ability to to learn as well as kind of a confidence booster for them. It becomes uh part of something that they can be proud of because they're they're able to track what their accomplishments are. Mm-hmm. That's very, very yep. very interesting. So so what does the future look like for students who are coming out of the A or Moore school when, when they and you know, kind of spend time with these programs, what are the results that you see?
1: Um, you know, for every child it's different. Like I said, you know, um this school is basically ascending um of receiving school so we um, have most of the students here are students that can't be educated in their regular school district and mostly it's because of the severity of their disabilities um, they might need a nurse they we have um, physical therapy occupational therapy and speech therapy right inside our school so if students need those services and they can't get their those services in their regular school district they come to this school which means a lot of the times um, the cognitive ability of the children um, is a lot lower than it would be Um, so it depends on really it depends on the student you know we do have students that leave here and they go to community college and they go to college and then we have some students that you know go to sheltered workshops after they leave here or um, you know sometimes they are home with their parents so you know based on the student um, you know it's kind of hard to say what the future is definitely going to be you know when we get them when they're three years old um, we try to see if they can you know work as hard as they can here and then go to their regular school district if they can you know otherwise you know we do the best that we can for them here and hope that we get them in the best program that they can be in when they leave
0: so are there is the future more schools like the the a harry moore school in terms of being a receiving school and really integrating technology or uh is this something that other schools simply haven't done as of yet or are struggling to
1: I don't know if if other schools don't do it or they just don't talk about it um there aren't that many schools like a Harry Moore out there um you know because most schools dis most schools do keep their students with disabilities within their their district so this is a really really specialized school um, but you know sometimes what I find is that even the Even kids that are coming out of college As brand new teachers They don't get the the technology integration Like they should You know what I mean I'm sorry, excuse me Yeah so You so, know, they're not coming out of college saying, oh, you know, this is what I could do with kids with disabilities with all this different technology. You know, I think still, you know, kids that are in college, they're still learning more about, you know, how to teach and what to teach and not necessarily how to integrate technology, uh, you know, into the everyday lesson planning and, and stuff like that.
0: So so what's on the horizon for you guys? What's, what's next as we go into 2018? What plans do you have?
1: Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to continue to, you know, See what new technologies are out there and try to incorporate them in any way that I can. Like I said before, I think it's, I think it's very important for our students to have the same, you know, educational experiences that you know kids in regular schools are having. Um, so anything that's new and in technology out there, I'm going to see what it is and I'm going to try to incorporate it wherever I can.
0: Folks, we are out of time for this week. I want to thank our guest Stephanie Talalai, technology coordinator at the A. Harry Moore School in New Jersey. Uh, There's a few great articles on what they're doing that go even deeper into how Stephanie and her staff are using technology to provide students and their teachers with all kinds of equal access to education, to experiences, uh, really making a difference. It's an inspiring story. And so make sure to uh, check out those articles. We'll post some links down in the show notes so you can get there for pretty quickly. And that show is going to be held on digitalskillscast.com. And speaking of that, always remember that you can check out the complete archives of all of our podcasts at skillscast.com. Podcast.com. While you're there, click through, uh, look at what's in the archives. There's a lot of great stuff. And then if you're so inclined, leave your name and email address, and we'll have the show sent to you via email every time we produce a new episode, or you can subscribe by any of your favorite podcasting apps. As always, though, I am your host, Nate Riggs, and we will be back soon with another episode of the Digital Skills Cast this evening's entertainment. Wait a minute! The Digital Skills Cast is a production of NR Media Group and recorded in our office studio each week at 454 East Main Street in downtown Columbus, Ohio. You can listen to the show each week on all your favorite podcast networks or by subscribing via email to our mailing list at nrmedia.biz forward slash DCS subscribe.